Hello, World Cup Chasers. We are here for the third episode. It is Samoa time. We've had England, we've had Greece. We're three quarters of the way through Group A, and it's time to talk about one of the most hotly anticipated teams at the Rugby League World Cup. But I need someone to talk about it with, and that is, of course, Michael Carboni Cabs. What is up, Mike? Always happy to be here, mate, with you on this new show. And by the time we record this, it'll probably be the most popular show on the Chasing Kangaroos Media Network. Thank you, of course, to Raw Sports Rugby League, uh, theraw.com.au, where you are probably one of their most famous rugby league writers next to the famous Mary Kay as well. It's great to be part of it all, mate. And as you said, Samoa, this is the nation that we're all waiting to watch at this World Cup. Everyone has predicted that they're going to do a Tonga, and uh, we're going to find out today if you and I predict the same thing. Yeah, it's it's funny actually because I've sp- everyone I've spoke to is involved with with the Samoan team. I've said it's like you're going to be the new Tonga, and they sort of look at me like we're the original Samoa. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I don't think there's anything worse that, that, that they could be considered in any way other than better than Tonga. Better than Tonga, but I think that's they love each other, but also kind of uh, you know they've got a one up. It's like when Ireland plays Scotland, we both agree on something about England. about England. That's right, but we've got to be better than each other. So, so Samoa and Tonga, do they agree? In their their not I won't say hatred that's too strong a word but their rivalry with New Zealand or is it Australia that they have a rivalry rivalry I think they want they they want to beat each other first and foremost I think that's yeah 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 that's that you got to get the the bragging rights on your uh, Pacific Island it, or Pacific Island network this is why Samoa v Tonga state of origin style every year bring it on but we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about World Cups and uh, mate you've got a great chat. To, to headline this episode, you've pulled out all stops, mate. We've seen you with some great former and current NRL players with the England and Greece episode, but you've pulled it all out today. Tell us who our headlining act for the Samoa episode is. Well, you know, you go to the chairman of the board, the chief energy officer himself. So we, I went out to Penrith and had a chat with Jerome Luai. Uh, he was very enthusiastic, as he always is. He actually is a little bonus for you. When we do Fiji a little bit down the line, I did that on the same day. And uh, Jerome Lui was so excited about my chat with Sunia Taruva for Fiji that he decided he was going to join in that as well. He's like, a, I was going to call him a little ball of energy, but he's little for a footy player, but he's not little for anybody he's else. probably bigger so. than you and I. And spoiler alert, Sunia Taruva for the Fijian episode later on down the track. But uh, mate, yeah, I, yeah, I've yeah. been looking forward to listening to this one ever since you told me you've got him on World Cup Chases. So uh, why don't we go and have a listen? Here is me out in Penrith with the man himself, the Chief Energy Officer, Jerome Lewine. Talofa Kangaroo Chasers, we're here with Jerome Lewine for Samoa. Talofa, Talofa. Mate, firstly, how's the injury? Are you going to be back for the World Cup? you got to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll be back um, come finals time. Um, hopefully I'll be yeah in good shape and refreshed and um, yeah go well in these finals. And you've got to be ready for the World Cup because Game One Samoa is going to be against England. How exciting is that going to be? Yeah, it's definitely a big one, uh, a big test um, for our, our side. Obviously, got to get picked in the team first, but um, you know if that does come to fruition, then it'll be uh, exciting times uh, for Samoa and you know England as well because yeah it's a it's a first opener um, in there. Home turf, so it'd be pretty crazy. And obviously, the last World Cup you went, you never played an NRL game. Mm. Youngest guy in the squad. Mm. This year, you're going to go through as one of the leaders. Like, what have you taken on in this time that's going to benefit some more from being 
the young guys to the old guys. Yeah, it's um, I'm just really thankful for you know them giving me an opportunity, I guess, um, just to be around those guys in camp and stuff. Uh, I'm sure there there'll be a couple of boys in my situation um, where I was back a few years ago. So um, what they done for me back then, I'm, I'm sure I'll try and do the same for them and just be their leader and, and role model for them. Um, yeah, just let my footy do the talking, I guess. I've played it, played in a lot of big games now, so um, all those experiences will definitely help me, you know, be some sort of leader there. And you know you're going to have a lot of young guys. You're going to have a lot of young guys from here out at the Panthers as well. So have you spoken to Taylor May and Isaac Young and people like that about what it's like to, to go to World Cup and play for Wolf? Not really. I think I want to let them experience it for themselves, but they're definitely excited about that opportunity. So um, I think they know in their minds there are a lot of uh, talented outside backs there um, that are available for selection. So they've got their work cut out for them. But um, yeah, if we are all selected, it'll be a good time for us all. And it's something that, I've, that you've noticed over the years here at the Panthers, like that's someone influence in terms of the prayer circles after the game. The way that you guys conduct yourself seems very sort of orientated around your culture and it seems yeah. a huge part of the Panthers. Mm. How do you think that will translate into the national team? Um, yeah, it will be similar to what we have here at Penrith. Um, yeah, Samoa, Samoa, uh, Samoa culture is good um, at the forefront, so that's definitely portray there with praying after the game and um, being very happy every day training with each other so uh, hopefully you'll already be there um, with some uh, camp and environment so yeah can't wait to get there with the boys and you mentioned that the energy you bring you're the chief energy officer I believe they call you for uh, the Blues is that going to be your role at Samora or is there somebody else that's more energy than you um, I think at Penrith Cedar's got me covered definitely um, but um, yeah I'm not too sure about Samora and that um, just like yeah, any other camp, go in there, be yourself and enjoy the other boys' company and then obviously prepare for the game. So, yeah, can't wait. I think one of the most interesting things about your team now is obviously you've got guys like yourself and the generation coming through with the Panthers, but you've also got all the guys, Marty Tapo, I think, you've played for some for a part of years. Yeah. We've got that, you know, we've got being kind of an outsider nation to one of the favourites for the World Cup. How important is it to have that continuity that runs through the squad and the guys who sort of bring the culture from way back? Yeah, it's obviously important. Um, it's just, yeah, um, good for next, the next generation to have those older guys there. Um, you know, they have been there and, and done it before and, you know, live and breathe Samoa as well. So as Marty does, he's very passionate about um, the Samoan culture and, yeah, what he's going to bring to the team will be huge uh, for us younger boys. And what's the link back between, obviously, we have a large Samoan community here in Western Sydney. There's lots of people in New Zealand as well, people up in Queensland. And yep. then to the actual people back in the island, you know, I think... I spoke to Daniel Tupu about Tonga. Yeah. About they did a little tour around Tonga after the, the 2017 World Cup. Yeah. Do you think that's the sort of thing Samoa should be doing? Get yourself back to the island, have a big party. Yeah, definitely. I've only been there uh, once, and that was with the the first World Cup. I was lucky enough to get back there, and um, yeah, obviously see Samoa goes on an environment there. And that's what makes me so passionate about uh, about it now. Heritage inside me, so um, yeah, it's been a couple of years now since 2017, but um, hopefully we can go well and then uh, yeah, we can go back to Samoa afterwards. And you've heard, I mean, yes, you haven't played in England before as well, right? Yeah, I haven't really travelled anywhere um, apart from footy, which is you know, NZ um, around Australia, so uh, it'll be my first time playing in England, but it's pretty chilly over there um, that time around, so I'll have to pack a couple. 
like puffy jackets and um, some skins as well. Mate, you wear a hat when it's uh, when it's warm. Today I'll actually be in shorts and t-shirt and you come in with a beanie. <laughs> oh, I love my beanies, eh? Uh, I think I'm, just, I'm just preparing myself for the back end of the year. So. Yeah, have you heard about the crowds as well? That's a big difference over in England, the, the vocal crowd stuff like that. And you're going to go right into the Lions then. First game, Newcastle, 50,000 fans. Yeah. They're going to be comfy. Yeah, I heard it's going to be pretty hostile, which is cool. I've played in um, some hostile environments already, you know, so um, in Origins. Um, I've played against Tonga over there in, in New Zealand where the crowds are massive, so um, I'm sure this will be the Phoenix level. Mate, thanks so much for your time and good luck in the World Cup. Thank you, brother. Not Appreciate too good against England. Ah, let's go, baby. <laughs> I can hear the accent too. <laughs>
you've got origins. You've got, you know, Murray Talagi was in the origin squad for Queensland, and I've got him as a reserve. Like he's not going to make the Samoa first team. Yeah, wow. Which is insane. And you've got Hamiso Tabuai Fido, who's played origin, and I don't think he he might make the bench. Like it depends on. There's a couple of moving parts. So David Norfoluma scoring a heap of tries for the Melbourne Storm. High, what highest try scorer in West Tigers history might not even make the squad. So it's it's pretty stacked. Absolutely stacked. Uh, you've pretty much named them all there. I'm going to go straight to the top again because Joseph Suwali, um, interesting that you've got him there at number one. And it would be interesting if he played fullback for Samoa, you'd have Joey Manu playing fullback for New Zealand and Teddy playing fullback for Australia. That's a lot of fullbacks at the Roosters or coming out of the Roosters. So that would be really interesting. I actually am going to disagree with you. I'd love to see to see him playing for Samoa, but he's got a wing spot. I think, I think, and we'll get to our Australian episode eventually, but I think we're going to be talking Suali'i on one wing and Josh Adokar on the other wing for Australia, which is crazy because neither of them played Origin this year. But I just can't, I'm sure the passion is there for his heritage, but I can't see him turning down Big Mal um, if there's a wing spot for him in the kangaroo side. I just I think that's where his ultimate goal lies. And, um, yeah, I think he'll grab it with both hands. So I think there's going to be a shift at the top from, from your squad, but definitely To'o, Crichton, uh, May and Isaac Tago um, in, in the outside backs. We probably see – who would you put at fullback if – Suala is uh, Suali is not there. I so I think it will probably be Tabuai Fido. I think Hamza Tabuai Fido is he's played a lot of fullback in the past, and I've got him on the bench. So I think it's an obvious move. But in the mid-season test, I think Charlie Staines played there. Played there, yeah. the Forbes Ferrari himself. The can I can I give you an aside? The greatest piece of rugby league journalism content I've ever come up with. Tell me. <laughs> I was at a game. I'm sure I've told this. If people have have heard me on other podcasts, they might have heard this story, but I'll tell it you anyway because I never have told you. I was at a game last year at Campbelltown and a journalist, one of this when I was still working for Forbes, and a journalist asked me who I worked for. And I said, he asked me, where are you from? And I said, Forbes. And he went, oh, like Charlie Staines. And I was like... (laughs) The Forbes Ferrari himself. I was like, "Uh, no, like the uh, international business newspaper. There you go. How good is that, mate? You go to Campbelltown. <laughs> well, and that happened in Campbelltown, which indeed was where the Pacific Test happened, where he did play fullback and looked pretty good, actually. He's he's an interesting character because he's clearly not good enough to get into that Penrith team, but I think he would get into a lot of other teams in the NRL as a fullback, yeah, or certainly as a winger. Yeah, he definitely would. He played well in that mid-season test. I wouldn't be surprised to see him back there. I wouldn't be surprised to see Stephen Crichton um, at fullback as well. And you can put stains in the centres, or you can bring um, Hamiso Tabuai Fido into onto the wing or into the centres as well. They they've got options. They're stacked with options. Even if you look at the halves, which is it's so rare, and this is probably the biggest talking point with Samoa or Toa Samoa when it comes to Pacific Islander sides, they're not usually stacked in the halves. But we've got Jerome Luai, of course, at 5'8", who we've spoken to. Anthony Milford at halfback, who I think in this squad will do quite well, you know, steering them around the park. And he's got a decent kicking game these days. You've got Chanel Harris-Tavita, who you've got as your number 18. And you've got Mason Lino, who's a half as well. Very rare that 
a Pacific Island side would have, you know, four halves in their squad at a, who, who play at a decent calibre and level as well. So that's the most impressive part. You've got speed out wide and size out wide. You've got s- size and strength in the middle and you've got these halves that, you know, between them have played a lot of NRL state of origin as well. And, um, man, this is just the more I look at this side, the more and more impressed I am. And uh, it makes me even more confident in my prediction in our English episode, which you're going to disagree with probably, but um, I think this Samoan side is going to win their group. They're going to beat England in the, first, in the opening game, and I think they're going to win this group and, yeah, they could go deep into this World Cup. Yeah, well, as we discussed in the England episode, whoever wins that first game gets a, I mean, relatively easier draw. I think they would run into PNG maybe in the next round and then and on and on. So, yeah, it's definitely a potential there. Um, the, the interesting thing is that there's a collision course between two te- both teams in this group and Tonga. And obviously we, me, you, and every right-thinking rugby league fan in the world wants to see Samoa play Tonga at some point. In the grand final. I think that's, no, no, yeah, at some point. Yeah. Well, the, no, I don't think they can play in the final. I no. think they could only play as deep as the semi-final. Uh, if no. I, I mean, I'd have to go and double-check. Um, I think there's there's two reasons why I think that they might fall down. I think Milford, I have to say, I haven't, he was a very good young player. The older he has got, the worse he has got. Yeah. He, he actually he has looked occasionally all right for Newcastle, which is really within the context of how bad Newcastle have been. And he's so on and off. When he's on, he's on, and when he's off, he's very much off and doesn't look interested. Um, Luai, he again, I think he's more of a support act player than he is the headline. You know, he's always played next to Nathan Clary his entire career. Nathan Clary is the best halfback in the world pretty much so we very rarely see Luai play without Cleary although at the start of this year he actually played really really well when Cleary was injured so who knows but um, I wonder about the nine as well because look I've actually put in my suggested squad I put Aaron Clark Aaron Clark was he was in the Kiwi squad for their mid-season test but didn't play which means that he's still eligible for Samoa if he wanted to go back Um. He is eligible for Samoa as well. I think he'll he'll end up getting picked for Samoa, but he's basically played thirteen ever since the mid season. And you've put it the Titans. You've put Aaron there because Jastavanga is injured. Am I right? Because usually Jastavanga's out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's not playing. And then you've got New Brown, who's come back to the West Tigers team this year, who is a good twenty minute player. Mm. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to depend on New Brown for eighty minutes. And then you're looking very, it's very, very thin. So you could see. I wonder if they might not try and move Mason Lino there to fit him in the team somewhere. There's a lot of players who could get moved around to cover the fact they don't really have a nine, yeah. which obviously is a pretty vital position. I think Lino and, and, don't... Lino and Harris Davida could both play a little bit of nine. I, I agree with what you're yeah. saying to a degree with um, Luai and Milford. So Luai is the support act, but that's pretty much because Cleary is so good. I think Luai on his own, this is his chance really step out of that shadow and he's done it once or twice before Milford as well I'm gonna again with Milford I know he's had his ups and downs but he's looked okay at times in a in a Newcastle night side which is has not been great as you said I think in this team as long as his job is just to steer the ship and that that's important that's his job steer the ship get the forwards to the middle get the backs to the outside put these kicks in the right places I think Milford can go okay 
there's a couple of players that um there, well, there's a couple of players that you I think you've left out and for probably good reason. So and that's obviously because we're waiting to see who the Australians are going to name because you've got Jeremiah and I who has had an incredible season. Who knows where he's going to land, but could you see him in this Samoan squad? And the other one is Tino Fasuomalawali, yes, who again, sa- same deal, you know, he could be in the green and gold, but if not, he could line up for this Samoan side. What are your thoughts, Mike? Well, if they got Tino, that would help them because I also don't think they have a 13. They've got Raymond, Raymond Fatalamarina, who has played it, but I would say is more of an edge forward than he is a lock. So I think, yeah, I think that's also a massive problem. And what they'll probably end up doing is just running another, another forward through it and playing the full power game kind yeah. of idea. Yeah, three middles. Um, yeah, just go really lean into that. Um, but yeah, Tino would be the perfect player basically to come back in because that would solve their, one of their biggest two problems, which is the 13 and the nine. Because um, he would just slot straight into 13 and play 80 minutes and be the best player on the field pretty much because he usually is that in most games that he plays in. I love Tino. And um, that mullet though, I have to say. He also has the, I'd say him and Dom Young are in a competition for the face that doesn't match the body of having like really young faces and really massive bodies. Um so there you go. Send in, send me your favorite mismatching faces. But um, I know that I'll say that to Tino's face, though whenever I've met him, he's been a lovely man. Um, yeah. So I think the other thing that Samoa are gonna have, right? And this is under, I think, underestimated is their coaching team is really good. Yeah. So they've got Matt Parrish, who has been the coach for a long time. Then they've got Andrew Webster, who's gonna who is a coach at Penrith, who's going to be the coach of the New Zealand Warriors yeah. next year. Yeah. So he's basically an NRL head coach in waiting. That's already confirmed. And then you've got Richard Agar, who has coached a million games in the Super League, coached the French national team. He's going to be an assistant to Webster at the Warriors next year. So that's basically three head coaches, which is pretty good. And it's going to be perfect for them when they have to look at, you know, there's nothing that Richard Agar doesn't know about the England team, given that he was coaching the Super League this season. And there's not much you know doesn't know about the French, given that all their players come from Super League and he used to coach France. Yeah. So I think that inside knowledge is going to be great. And I know Webster's like on a cultural fit level, like that. That's what he's all about. So he's going to get the Samoan side. He's going to be able to lean into that aspect of it and really help them along in that way in terms of making that such a central part of the experience. So yeah, Web- I think that yeah, Webster's coaching been- knowledge is going to be huge for Samoa. Webster's been almost a master stroke in terms of getting some of these players interested in representing their heritage. We've seen Josh Papali'i in the past in particular come out, you know, against the coaching staff of Samoa. You know, that you there's always been whispers that a lot of the players haven't been happy with Matt Parrish over the over the years and he's been with them for a while. But he always gets compared to Christian Wolf in terms of, you know, somehow being, you know, Wolfie was somehow able to bring this Tongan side together last World Cup. And there was a lot of criticism around Matt Parrish not being able to do the same. And we heard a lot of talk in the lead-up to this World Cup about John's brothers and Sonny Bill Williams and guys like that, you know, trying to take over as coach of Samoa. But then they, they threw a curveball. They threw in Andrew Webster. And, and Webster, obviously, has got those Panthers connections. So all of a sudden, the entire back line is on board. And, um, you know, the Papalihis, et cetera, seem to have followed on, and, and it looks like a happy squad again. So I think Andrew Webster just quietly 
probably the masterstroke in the back room there, getting him on board. And, and Richard Agar, you've said it all. You know a lot more about him than I do, but um, a very interesting-looking back room at, uh, at Samoa, that's for sure. <laughs> I like that this, you've called it interesting-looking there because you just reminded me of something that happened at the Pacific <laughs> Test. So Richard Agar was here, right? Now, I don't know Richard Agar. However, he did play for Rochdale Hornets in the early 2000s when I was a ball boy. So he was a, a quite a crafty number six back in the day before he was a coach. He was, I think he was Wakefield or Castleford and they got promoted and he basically didn't want to go full time. So he moved to Rochdale Hornets. He's a great player, way too good for Rochdale Hornets. Um, so I cornered him at a game and was chatting to him and he said, oh, what are you doing? And he walked past me at Parramatta and I was like, Mine's Richard Egger. <laughs> um, and we were chatting away. He says, oh, I'm here with Samoa. Anyway, so I saw him at the Samoa game. And you'll love this. He was wearing, you know, when they come to the to the games, they're wearing traditional Samoan gear, yep. including the coaches. And in a very sort of, you can take the boy out of England way, Richard Egger was wearing the traditional Samoan gear, but with tracky bottoms and trainers. Of course. <laughs> Which, which Marty Tapao was not wearing. So he was going the full hog. And Richard Egger was like, I'll wear it, but. Um, so there you go. He's not, he he can offer a lot to them. As, as can Webster. Sorry, I've got distracted here with my Richard Egger. Um Yeah, I think there's just, there's a, a good mix as well between like young and old. You look at some of the guys like Junior Barlow, Marty Tapao, like, they're real culture leaders, yeah. you know, guys who are going to coach the young lads along. Jerome Luai even, um, obviously, when he went to the last World Cup, he never played an NRL game, as we, as we mentioned in the chat. Yeah. Um, and now he's kind of like the star. Like, he's the would be the most recognizable player, him and Papaliti, I would say, in this team. So they're going to have the, that experience. They're going to have guys like Taylor May, Isaac Dango, who are young and ready to go. Mate, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be difficult. I, my... my theory is that England will on the first day will probably have too much but the longer this team goes the better it's going to get I think all right so we so we are in disagreement there so and I and like I'm happy for that I want to see this first game's going to be crazy um so you're saying England will win the first one I'm saying Samoa will win the first one and and pretty much that will determine group A in our opinion so one of us is going to be right one of us is going to be wrong or potentially, you know, France could shock everyone and we'll both be wrong. Wouldn't that be incredible? <laughs> but That would be amazing, to be honest. But And as I've mentioned before on this podcast, should Samoa lose that first game yeah. but defeat France and Greece, yeah. Warrington quarterfinal, probably against the winners of the group involving Tonga, which will probably be cool. Tonga, and what, that will stop the world. Yeah. There'll be... The dueling hackers of Warrington. You, you know, usually you go to Warrington, you see guys with tribal tattoos going nuts at each other, and you just think it's just another Saturday night. <laughs> this will be uh, this will be the Saturday night to stop the world. I love. There it. won't be a ticket sold. I love. There won't be a ticket unsold for that one. I love it, man. And look, how deep do you think they go? Because for me, it does depend on you know if guys like Tina Fasuma Awali and potentially Soali play. Um, you know, their, their, their strongest squad can take it out. But will they get their strongest squad? That's the question. How far are you prepared to say this Torso Moore side can go or will go at the World Cup this year? I think, I think they might beat Tonga. And then you're into a... I think actually 
the way it would work was they would then go back into England in the semi-final. Ooh. If that was if that's how it went. So I'd have to double check the draw. But look, I think they can beat any team. Like I ultimately I I think the half situation will let them down because you need a spine. And obviously if they get to Ali, he has never played fullback at senior level before, which is a problem. Crichton doesn't often play at fullback. Luai is a very good support man, but how good is he if he's the head man? Milford, I have been burned so many times before thinking this guy's, you know, you put that guy's... One of my happy places of the internet is watching anti-Milford highlights from back in the day, especially when he was at Canberra. But that those that that was a long time ago. I don't trust their nine and I don't trust their 13. And every bit of the uh, tactics guy inside me goes, you need a one, six, seven, nine, and 13. And they're, unfortunately for Samoa, they're the weakest positions they have. All right. Not the six, obviously. Yeah. Luai's a great yeah. player. But the, those... If you were going to pick a team and you said, I'd like to make these the strongest to weakest positions, the ones that Samoa are weakest in would be the ones you would like to be the strongest, put it that way. Look, we've seen Tonga go deep without traditional halves, so it's been done before with a side similar to this, but you've certainly poked some holes in the side that many are very excited about. Um, and, man, I just can't wait to see these guys in the field. And that well, I, I joke all the time about Samoa you know, beating England. I, I don't even joke. I'm pretty confident they can do it. I'm just more and more excited about the opening game. Um, bring it on. And, uh, yeah, just it's going to be awesome. So can't wait to see some more England kicking it off. I reckon, yeah, the moment, the moment that they, what, there'll be, what, 10 to 2 in Newcastle, 50,000 fans, and they start doing the, uh, the sippy tile, yeah. it's going to be great. Love it, man. Well, I think we've wrapped up Samoa. That leaves one more nation for Group A in our World Cup Chasers series brought to you by theraw.com.au. It's obviously France, our next episode. Are you prepared to let the listeners know who you've got as our headline act? Because once again, I'm astounded by your pulling power, Mike, and uh, cannot wait to listen to who you've got. Are we prepared to say it or should we leave a teaser? C'est mon mec préféré, le meilleur entraîneur australien. Say Trent Robinson. Well, there you go. I got all of it, except for the start bit. So that was that's fantastic. We'll we'll see you next week. Somehow you end up with all these episodes. You end up introducing the show, and I end up closing the show. So Mike, thanks for chasing kangaroos, or thanks for chasing with me. Uh, it's been awesome, mate. And we'll see you next week with the French episode. And Senor Le Trent Robinson. I can't speak French. I'm sorry. <laughs> A bientôt.